Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what are emotions, what happens, what is going on in our brain, and what are these things that tend to control a lot of our behaviors and our thoughts in our life. Well, in order to first of all understand that, we must first understand the brain's survival mechanism. It is our brain's first job is to react and is not there to actually think. So it's not to think, it's actually there to react. So it's there to keep us safe. And that's because our ancestors were so worried about being attacked. Yes, attacked by snakes, tigers, bears, whatever it may be, other human beings, that we were programmed. And, and part of our programming as human beings was to protect us from potential death every single day. So it is our brain's job to react and to help to kind of protect us in what is going on. This means that we also have what's called the negative bias. So because of this kind of survival and the fact that the brain wants to keep us safe, it means that the brain will filter negativity for our survival. So for example, if you're watching the news and it comes up with some big percentage on something, it says 90% of people, I don't know, (laughs) will you know, not survive because of cancer or something like that. Oh my gosh, you know, we hold on to that particular percentage when actually maybe there's 10% that, you know, we're not understanding or looking at the brain. Anyway, that's maybe not the best example, but still the brain will hold on to the percentage or to the dramatized things that are happening because of this kind of negative bias that we have. We needed it because of increased risk with our lives. And nowadays, we don't have as much risk as we did hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So it's understanding that and understanding that we're there to reprogram our brain and to train it in a way so that it allows us to thrive and not just survive. Okay, so we're not we're not just just looking at the the dramatizing or, or we're fixated on this kind of negative thought process. And the reason that we also do this is because we also fear rejection. So this kicks in our survival mechanism. And it is also part of why we aim to people, please, is because years ago, we'd be part of a community. And if we were outcast from that community and we were made to think that we didn't belong or we were outcast, then again, the risk of us surviving was very, very low outside of the community that we were in or the tribe that we were in. 
right? There was less chance to survive and therefore the survival instincts kicked in because we wanted to, to belong, okay? And there's a story about this. So I'll, I'll just go into it. You may have heard of it. You may have not, but it is the jar of crabs, okay? Or the bucket of crabs. So there's a fisherman and a fisherman is crab fishing, and he's caught these crabs and he has them in a bucket on the side of maybe the pier or the promenade. And a couple are walking past. And she says to uh, the, the fisherman, oh, my gosh, there's there's no you know lid on your jar. Your, your crab is going to get out. So there's one crab in the bucket. And he says, oh, no, don't worry about that. That crab isn't going anywhere. Um, I've completely told this story wrong, guys. <laughs> Let me recap and bring that back. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the couple are walking past and there is a jar of crabs with more than one crab in it. So it's about three or four crabs. And the couple say to the fisherman, you know, the lady says, there's no lid. The crabs are going to get out. And he says, oh, I wouldn't worry about that. No way at all. He said, if there was one crab in there, I'd be worried it could get out. But every time that one crab tries to escape, the others are just going to bring it back down. And that is essentially what also happens in this kind of herd mentality and the things that we can feel when we're aiming to survive and, and not necessarily thrive. And again, this negative bias happens when it comes to criticism within work. You know, what if I'm fired? What if I lose my way? Uh, what if I can't protect my family instead of, OK, let me take that on board. Let me see what I can do with that. Let me see if there's an opportunity. So if we're not feeling safe in our environment or we're not feeling supported or encouraged, the first thing we're going to think about is kicking in this sort of survival instinct. And we start to really worry or feel a fear, that kind of rejection. OK, if we free our mind, though, we really do free our thoughts. OK, so what happens? What is going on? So the brain is is creating this survival mechanism. And then these emotions are coming out, right? Whether they are fear, whether it's happiness, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, right? These, these primary sort of emotions are being felt and they will be brought on by the brain's survival mechanism. So they are formed, though, from an unconscious and conscious emotion. So there's two types. There's unconscious emotions and there's conscious emotions. We all have unconscious emotions. And this is the process that our brain goes through. Okay, The unconscious process of creating emotions is the quick and dirty route. It's very fast. It's very reactive. Okay, So what happens is that we assess a situation and within six seconds, our body reacts or our brain reacts to what is going on. Okay, And that is for survival every single thing we go through. So if people don't appear to be reacting, they are. <laughs> They've either reprogrammed their mind so that it becomes less intense or they are and they're actually then moving into the secondary kind of conscious emotions area. So the amygdala, right? The amygdala in our brain basically assesses this rapid threat level within the six seconds and tells the brain, what to do with that information okay so it will also though hold on to previous trauma and therefore there will be an automatic response an automatic response will kick in if we are ever that scared again okay so 
that could bring on a panic attack, for example. So if we go through something very traumatic, so I'll give you an example, right? Um, Many years ago, my dad collapsed of a heart attack in front of me. My body retained that fear, that scared feeling that I had, and that very intense feeling, so that when I'm in circumstances now where I may see something violent or something may startle me or shock me, it can automatically bring on that response to trigger a panic attack, right? It's an automatic response. I then have to go into the conscious emotion cycle to try and remove myself out of that panic and out of that automatic response in my brain, okay? So just remember that, that often if we have experienced something or been very shocked or scared by something, our body will, will hang on to that very, very dearly. And it will just, the amygdala will just trigger that reaction. Okay. The conscious emotions that we have or the conscious emotion cycle of how we get to these is where we've already done the unconscious part. And then what happens is our brain wants us to have a little bit more of a slow and steady understanding of what is going on now in there's many books that will say that this is the slow and accurate route I don't believe that this actually depicts it as being true because what happens in the slow and steady route of creating emotions is that your brain is checking back to previous experiences that you've had it's looking around at all the different things that are happening in the environment and then it is deciding what to do with it now if the experiences or the memories that you have are not as clear as the brain thinks they are, then you may have an, a not very accurate uh, understanding of what is happening, which then can lead you to do a behavior or an action based on those emotions or thoughts, which is out of the ordinary or is uh, completely different. So let's just call it the slow and steady route as opposed to the slow and accurate, okay? But it allows us to kind of trigger more of a conscious assessment of what is happening and then we can calm down a little bit. I'll give you another example. So imagine that I'm on a plane and we hit turbulence. Suddenly the, the unconscious uh, emotion triggers. I get scared. I get anxious. My heart starts to race uh, automatically. My palms get sweaty. But as my conscious emotions uh, kick in, it starts to level out. I start to understand, oh, it's okay the plane's all right actually this isn't isn't just uh something that I should be really scared of it's something that's uh different yes but actually we're okay and now the turbulence is dying down a little bit and I calm down maybe not to my previous unreacted state but I do calm down that little bit more so that is what that is what is going on we've got the unconscious emotions and the conscious emotions but understand that fear and aggression both come often from the unconscious emotions area, okay? They, they are the ones that are usually the most heightened. Our emotions, when we want to understand them, they are there to move us away from danger and towards reward, right? They're there to remove us from danger towards reward. Eating, hunting, reproducing, sleep, physical exertion they're there to move us towards these rewards uh, in our brain so so that is is what is going on okay but we can often get really confused about what is happening with our body and what emotions that we're feeling especially when it's anger and fear because they come from the same place they can often get a little bit confused so here's a great way to remember how to separate the two 
often we can get angry when we are blaming someone or something is responsible for uh what is going on or the the circumstance that we are experiencing i'll give you an example i bump into a table and i say oh bloody table <laughs> and anger yes i felt pain i've bumped into the table but i'm angry that the table was in the way right i've got something to blame uh, not necessarily myself for bumping into it uh, but the table was in the way as an example just a bit of fun fear however will come often when it is something that is unexplained or we cannot control the situation or there isn't somebody directly responsible for what is going on or something directly responsible for what is happening okay but i just want to go back we always react we will always react to what is going on and it's interesting because when we look at the the whole response or reaction to circumstances when you think of you know some of the public service people that we have in our you know in our lives in society and community we have first aiders right we ring an ambulance they are called also first responders they're not called first reactors <laughs> because they're there to respond to what is going on and not react whereas if you are in that circumstance where it is happening to you then you are the reactor they are the responder so they are habitualized with more of the intense emergency situations that happen of course i'm sure when anybody starts that type of job or becomes a paramedic or anything like this that there is that um level of uh, sort of uh, fear or, or nervousness that you know on a first few shifts but once they've done that for for a while and they have a process they can react instead of obviously this this kind of um sorry they can respond instead of having this uh, reaction so now we've looked at the brain's survival mechanism. We've talked about the unconscious versus the conscious emotions. And we've talked about understanding what emotions are actually doing to us. It, it, we wouldn't be able to really understand emotions very clearly unless we looked at what was happening with dopamine and serotonin. Dopamine and serotonin are neurotransmitters in our brain that are related to happiness. Okay, they're related to happiness and they want us to whilst they want us to remember to, to survive, there is still that relation of, of happiness um, uh, that opposed from from sort of the thriving area. They, they want us to be happy and they, they act in pairs. Right. You'll never get them individually. So, so we're looking for a kind of equal balance between dopamine and serotonin so that you can have a, a kind of an equilibrium. Uh, in the body. So dopamine is your, if I could put a word on it, it's your seeking neurotransmitter. It wants to find things for you. It wants you to go out and hunt, right? Sex, food, stimulation, achievement. Those are the things that are associated with dopamine. Dopamine says, that's great. Let's do it again, right? So dopamine gives you a rush. It wants you to do things again, okay? Serotonin, on the other hand, I said that dopamine was seeking. Serotonin is satisfying. So it's about being satisfied with what is happening. Serotonin says to your body, oh, yeah, that was good. I'm satisfied temporarily, right? It's that full feeling after you've eaten food. It's the, oh, yeah, I don't need to do any more dancing now. I'm, I'm happy. I've you know, exerted my energy. I've uh, had a little jig around and, and now I'm going to stop, right? 
and then dopamine kicks back in again so remember they're kind of in this balance of each other so after a little while the dopamine will then kick back in to telling you right you have to go back out and, and do something again now remember that they both must exist and like i said they there's this yin yang balance between dopamine and serotonin too much of one than the other will lead to unhealthy behaviors in our body which you will all know as addiction right or low mood both of those can occur when there is an imbalance of both of these things right so when you have high dopamine and low serotonin it can lead to addiction and that's because of something called the happiness trap right hedonic adaption okay ask yourselves this if you're in the audience or you're you're listening to this podcast right now do you believe that one day you will achieve your dream and you will live happily ever after you're going to achieve your dream and you're going to live happily ever after i've got news for you it's highly unlikely that that is going to happen maybe for a few months you might achieve what you want and then you'll be satisfied but because of this dopamine and serotonin effect it's called the happiness trap right and there was a song that we used to sing in school and it always makes me think of this and it was called the farmer and it would be the farmer wants a wife, the farmer wants a wife, E-I-D-I-D-O, the farmer wants a wife. And then the next thing would be the farmer wants a cow, the farmer wants a cow. And it would go in this thing, but it's, it kind of reminds me of what life is like, right? We go, oh, I want to get that car, get that car. We become satisfied, right? I've got the car. What do I want next? Oh, I want the house now. I want the house. I want the house by the beach. You know, you get the house by the beach. Oh, what do I want now? It's we're not being satisfied, right? This constant stimulation that we have um, through the cycle of dopamine and serotonin means that we are satisfied temporarily, but then we want something else. Okay, so it's important that we are able to identify that so that we can help ourselves remove ourselves from the cycle and aim to appreciate and be more grateful it's why many people talk about gratitude and appreciating what we have because the more we tell our brain remember it's there to help us survive not thrive the more we tell ourselves that we can be happy with what we have now then we're not looking for external factors to increase the happiness whether that be social media whether that is alcohol drugs other things uh, items things that we you know belongings whatever that may be it could be people right that we might put that that um that that kind of thoughts into so be mindful it's called the the happiness trap and it is about hedonic adaption okay so how can we be happy right now versus I'll be happy once I, whatever that sentence may be. How can I be happy right now, right? We're not going to be happy once we get. How can we be happy today? And the last thing that I want to talk about before this podcast ends is the happiness breakdown. There is a book called The How of Happiness, and it is 50% genetics that make up how happy we can be, 40% internal, and 10% is external. 50% is genetics, 40% is internal, and 10% is external. So if we are chasing external happiness, then if only 10% is, is contributed to it, it is highly unlikely that we are going to put ourselves into a good mental state of mind and that we're going to be happily um, you know, satisfied with our emotions and be in a comfortable headspace. 
So whatever you do, start to focus on what you have today and be grateful for what we have right now. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, Has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. (laughs) Have a great day and ciao for now.